Well, welcome back for another Encounter show. I'm Steve Chalmers and I'm here with the, the highly honoured Dr. Stuart Chalmers, who is a scientist who I know very well. I've known all of my life as he is my dad. And uh, the other day we were chatting on the phone and um, you, can, you can say hello if you want for our listeners. Hi listeners, I'm the celebrated Dr. Chalmers. <laughs> So you're, you're a doctor of virology, <laughs> uh, celebrated biologist, and uh, you, you, um, you were telling me the other day some stuff um, about your walk with Jesus that I've never heard in the 42 years I've known you, and I thought, oh, I've got to, get you, got to get you on the show, on the Encounter Show, because here we talk about the Spirit, the Spirit of God, and t- tell me, as a scientist, how, how, how do you approach the supernatural? Well, as a scientist, as a scientist who who is not a Christian, it's very difficult, I believe, to approach the supernatural because they've always got a bias against it. You know, it's not fact. You can't see it. You can't touch it. But as a Christian, we know that, well, as a Christian, we've got the Holy Spirit in us, and if that's not supernatural, I don't know what what is. And as I was saying to you before, Steve, um, when I was reading a book by Watchman Nee called The Normal Christian Life, I thought it was going to be just about, you know, bearing with others, being good to others, helping others, you know, having a belief in Christ and what he's done and all that. But no, he was going on the normal Christian, Christian life as a supernatural life because, you know, that is where we are normally living, as it were. This world that we're living in, yeah, we we live day to day and go about our business, but, you know, there's more in this world than what we can see and touch. And remember that Paul says, you know, we fight not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And then you begin to think, well, wait a minute, what does that really mean to us as Christians? So how long how, how long ago did you read this this Watchman Nee that opened you up to sort of because you were raised in a Baptist church your dad was a Baptist minister you're yeah. a scientist so were you an adult when you read this book how yes I was I remember I was sitting on a bench waiting for your mother to finish her nursing uh, course uh, at uh, university at uh, Aberdeen. And I was sitting on the bench there reading it in Union Street in Aberdeen. And I thought, wow, you know, and it's one of these things, once you start, you couldn't really put it down. You had yeah. to finish it. And then since then, you know, I bought oodles of Watchman Nee books because you couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, once you, once you kind of open the lid, when you get this revelation that you are spirit, God is a spirit. Mm-hmm. We have the Holy Spirit of God inside us. The Bible says, yeah. be continually filled with the spirit. Jesus calls demons evil spirits. Um, you, you can't look at the world in a different way. You, you, you've just got to see it through that lens of a, of a spirit realm. Well, that's right. And so going back to what you said, I was brought up in a, a Baptist man, so therefore very well indoctrinated in you know, the Baptist's way of thinking, which I'm not going to decry it because a lot no. of them are good. But that's the word. Um, it, you know, they were good in the word, but when it came to things of the spirit 
I think uh, in those days, we're talking about the 60s, 70s, that wasn't really talked about or even mentioned, you know. Um, yes, the Holy Spirit, obviously, because when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit resides in us. We're, you know, that's what Jesus said. He gave us the Spirit. But nothing much more about anything else about that. So had, see, you, had you had any sort of spiritual or supernatural encounters that almost, okay, you've, you've read it in this book, you see it in the Bible. Was there anything in your life that made you go like either for evil or for good yeah. that made you realise, hey, there is a spirit realm, something's going on here? Well, you see, although I was in this manse, I was allowed to go and library and buy, uh, get my own books or buy my own books. And I remember at the age of 13, um, I saw the cover of a book and I thought, oh, that'd be interesting to read. And it was one by Dennis Wheatley. Now, I hadn't a clue who Dennis Wheatley was, you know, from Adam. Who is he? Who's Dennis Wheatley? Dennis Wheatley was, uh, I would have thought he, I would have said now he was a Satanist. Oh, wow, and okay. He was very much a follower of Alistair Crowley, who was, you know, the number one black magic Satanist in, in this country. And so I read one book and I thought, oh, things, you know, that's a bit funny because I hadn't thought about these sort of other realms or dimensions that did, he did it not did it not feel evil reading a book that was a horror well, book I take it was it or yeah but I mean uh, whenever the I can't remember who the name of the sort of guy who was meant to be the goodie he would always come across this evil and he would say I avaunt thee Satan you know, what are you going on about, you know, with these words? It just meant, you know, I'm coming against you. But it, there was nothing real Christian there because you and I would come against that in the name of Jesus. Yeah. But really, I, the name of Jesus wasn't really mentioned. So what was it about these books? I mean, I guess there's an unhealthy interest in the occult that I think most teenage boys hit there. Some, you know, you look at Netflix and you look at Stranger Things, you look at all yeah. these things out. Netflix wasn't available back then, but the library was. And it feels to me like there was this, you started sort of, I don't know, it was, it was doing something in your spirit, opening your eyes to something, but maybe it was the wrong, I don't well, know, correct me it, if I'm wrong. It was. But, I mean, it's like if you read a good book and it's a thriller or something like that and you want to know what's at the end and you just keep on reading, reading, reading. And um, being a bit naive, I thought, yes, you know, Jesus has come with all these hosts of angels at the end and going to wipe out everything that's bad. Um, he always sort of left it on a high so that it wasn't evil that was getting the, you know, <laughs> the credit for everything. But yeah, I, I read that and then I remember when I was 15 or 16, I finished reading them and just kept them in my library. But then when I was at university, I remember at a conference and uh, somebody was talking about these things and said, you know, we shouldn't really have them. And if you have got them, you've got to get rid of them. You've got to burn them. Well, the next time I was home, I went and burned them. Just got rid of them. I, I knew it was it was wrong. Yeah. So it opened my eyes to what could uh, happen or what, you know, is out there. But at that time, I was just going through university then and becoming a scientist, as it were. Right. But that didn't, that didn't um, 
decrease my vision, as it were, as to what the spiritual realm was, because I remember the age of 15, um, I was getting my appendix out and I, I sort of me and the Lord speaking to each other in the hospital bed and I thought, well, what am I really doing for you? I really want to give my life back to you. I'd given my life to him when I was nine years of age. Mm. But, you know, at that age, you know, well, you just go through life, don't you? And then at 15, I thought, no, Lord, I really want to give everything over to you. And I think that's when the change took place in me, when I became more alert to things. So, you know, through the next few years, um, I was studying at the university. But I'll give you one illustration, Steve, where I knew there was something really bad. And I was in a flat with um, six other uh, guys in St Andrews. So each of us had a room in these new flats that were built, purpose-built for the university. And one night I woke up and I felt as if the bed was banging up and down just, you know, the top, bottom, just up and down, up and down. And I couldn't do anything. I was, like, frozen. What, the and bed was just rattling about? while you? Yeah, and I was on it, and I couldn't do anything. And I was trying to get out the name of Jesus, and it took me forever to really push through that. And once I said, Jesus, everything stopped. Now, I thought, well, that was strange. That was pretty worrying actually because I didn't know what was happening and I knew it was evil yeah that and seems that's that's up another up another level from sleep paralysis where you're awake <laughs> and you can't move your whole bed was rattling about yes yeah, that, yeah. that's what it felt like and the next day when I woke up we're talking to all the guys and I said to the guy next door I said oh he said oh I had a few friends in last night and I said oh he said yeah we were trying to have a seance I said, you what? Because I hadn't a clue about this. Yeah. And that's what it was. He was having a seance next door and people think it was a bit of fun. But there he was, was something... He was inviting there. evil spirits into the house and they're yeah, and they were throwing your bed about. Me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, and so... And then... I think I told you before, Steve, that I was at another conference and there was a well-known prophet is, um, speaking there. Hmm. And... Um, after these conferences, you know, you can go up and speak to them. They're sitting at a table. And I went up and explained what had happened. And he said, oh, that that was just fear uh, coming in. That was all it would be. And but you but you didn't even know they were doing it I next door. So how, how could it be fear? Yeah, exactly. So I thought that's when I thought, you know, there's discernment and there's discernment and there's people that don't have discernment. Yeah. And this I, guy... I, 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 I know we won't mention names of the guy, no, but no. I think it's fair to say that some people think if they don't understand it academically, yes. then, it, then you must be making it up or you looked at it through a different lens. But actually, yes. you know, right. you, you've got to be open to the spirit realm. So you're this student at uni, you, you suddenly become aware of evil spirits. I guess, you know, there's leaning into the gift of discerning the spirits and... Um, what happened when when did you have sort of i don't know when was the next sort of level of breakthrough for you and as a christian you you've been reading this 
Watchman Nee, it talks about the spiritual life. Was there a moment that you can think of like, okay, God just intervened in a supernatural way, you know, whether it was in a worship service or on your own? Well, at that time of year, we, I, um, I got married and you guys came along and we were in Baptist churches most, you know, and I remember in, we were in Mildenhall in a Baptist church there. But one of your mum's friends went to a church called Ixis in London. Great church. And yeah, uh, yeah you've been there. And uh, she was very uh, friendly with a lot of the people there. And we went with her a few times. And um, Graham Kendrick, to name drop, was one of the worship leaders there. And in the 80s and 90s, you know, very Shine, well Jesus, shine. Shine, yeah. Jesus. But yeah. my goodness, he got people on their feet and really worshipping. Mm. And I remember one day, because you know, the Baptist church, like every other, you know, didn't really go in for that sort of thing. Whereas Ixus was really spirit-led, as we'll mm. say. Um, and I was sitting there among 1,500 people there at the communion this Sunday evening. And as Graham Kendrick was playing and singing and the communion cup was pass passing by, I was praying and then suddenly under my breath, I started praying in a language that I didn't know. Wow. And I thought, what is this, Lord? What What's happening to me? Had you heard of tongues? Did you know it was the gift of oh, tongues? Oh, I've heard of tongues before. Yeah. But it, a lot of it, <clears throat> excuse me, was always in a negative sort of way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, what is this, Lord? Is this tongues? And I wasn't frightened in any way. And I just kept on, you know, speaking in this sort of language. And I thought, Lord, is this really real? And as I said that, it was like, I'm going to give you a confirmation. Wow. He, a lady about five or six rows back stood up and she spoke out in tongues. And the first few words that she spoke were the words that I was speaking. And I hadn't heard anybody speaking wow, wow. at that time at that all. That is a confirmation. Yeah. And that was just a confirmation. And um, I remember when we went home and uh, your mum's friend came around a few days later and we were talking. She says, yeah, the best thing you can do is just go up to your room with your guitar and start playing it and then just let the Lord lead you to sing in tongues. Wow. And, and that's what happened. Yeah. So that was me then, as <clears throat> I suppose the the expression is filled with the spirit. Yeah. Is although we have the spirit of God, you need that overflowing of spirit, that power of the spirit coming out from you. But then let's go back just for a minute to Dennis Wheatley. All right. Okay. Because <clears throat> about uh, let me think about. A year later, yeah, a year yeah. later, I was in my study and um, for some reason, a memory came back to me from when I was reading these books of Dennis Wheatley. And one of them was, when I was under the bedclothes, that you're going to die at 33. That oh, wow. is how powerful these books were. 
So when you were when you were thirteen or so, you're reading this yeah. and, and you yeah, hear a voice saying you're going to die yeah. at thirty three. That's right. Not very and nice. of course, when you're that age, you don't really think much about it, <laughs> and you because it's mile years away. So it just came back and struck me, and I thought, Lord, I'm going to give this to you because, you know, it's you. It's in control of life, mm. and my life is in your hands. And so I started praying again, and I got a new tongue. I, it was not the tongue that I had before. Wow. It was a completely new tongue. And I thought, Lord, you know, what is what is going on here? And um, then I went and got my birth certificate and looked at it. And the time that I was born was the time that day that I started speaking in a new tongue. Wow. And it was like God confirming, yeah, I've got you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everything that you're doing is in my control. No well, there's no, there's no such thing as coincidences. I think as Christians, it's like some people are a bit wary or think you're being a bit super spiritual or horoscopy over these things. But yeah. actually, actually, things like getting a new tongue, you've really got to embrace that and see that as like, okay, that was a real breakthrough. God was doing something completely new in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think as Christians, it's like we can think we've arrived because we've like exercised one little thing or done li one little thing in the spirit. But actually, there's always something new, isn't there? And um, how interesting, you know, that, that even for the enemy to whisper that to you when you were 13, you're going to mm. die when you're 33. It's such a weird thing for him to do, isn't it? You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. And even even to pick that very specific age. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, almost like there was an assignment on your life. You know, it sounds like the yeah. devil would put an assignment on your life at that age. And at the same time, that's when the spirit decided to actually, you know, I'm going to break you through into a new tongue, mm -hmm. into a new level with Jesus, get you filled with the Holy Spirit and everything that led up to that uh, in Ichthus. And yeah. I, I, it's, it's one of the things I love about being a pastor is watching people um, grow in the Lord and have these supernatural interventions where the Holy Spirit comes and it's like you haven't done anything to deserve it. You haven't done anything to earn it. You know, you've just turned up to worship and God's given you the gift of tongues. You've just, just turned up to worship and he's filled you with the Holy Spirit. You know That's what I mean? Right. And, um, right. you know, that I think it is, it's really naive as Christians to think that there isn't a spirit realm, to think that there isn't an enemy, mm. to think that there aren't evil spirits. But at the same time, we've got Jesus who who died on the cross and he, you know, it says every every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's just not us. That's every evil spirit as well, isn't it? That's it's right. every spirit, and um, you know, I think I think that's that's amazing, mm -hmm. just to hear just to hear how how impacting that was on your life as well. Like, mm -hmm. did you did you feel a difference from the time you know, even going back to when you're in that worship service with Ickfus and you start speaking in tongues? Yes. Was there yes. a difference in your walk with oh, God yes. from that day? Definitely. How, how would you describe that? Um, more confident in what you're doing and I mean I remember that was a Sunday and the Monday I went back and it was in the labs and I kept on telling people about Jesus wow it was just a completely different um attitude yeah to to what you know these people need Jesus yeah what did you do at the, the weekend oh I went to this church and this is what happened and you know telling about the power of the Holy Spirit and people say to me, but Stuart, you're a scientist. Mm. 
I'm saying, no, I'm a Christian first and then I'm a scientist. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. You know? Which yeah. is a bit different than a Christian scientist. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny how so much of science has the word theory in it. Big mm. Bang Theory, the theory yes. of evolution, you know. And for us, we've got the absolute truth. We've got the word. And I think with science, it's like you're always trying to put language to something you, that you're discovering and you're creating a theory. I think this might be right. Let's try it out, experiment and put a hypothesis. But with yes. the Bible, it's the reverse. We've got the language first. We've got the word that tells us the absolute truth. And then our eyes are open to that That's and we right. get revelation. That's and right. um, I, I think it's quite an interesting sort of angle we've come from talking about spirit. But what we've really done is seen how you encountered almost like the devil's stupid, isn't he? He revealed evil spirits to you first mm -hmm. by coming and shaking up the bed and he's just making you aware that there is a spirit realm. Yes. And then yes. the Holy Spirit fills you and you're like, yeah, I knew it all along. And, you know, now now I'm, I'm in the right place of understanding mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah. And be able to help others who are going through that as well. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't just dismiss it. And there's nothing yeah. a coincidence. Yeah. As I say, when Guy said it's fear, and yet I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember your mate Peter Golden, who used to be a spiritualist healer? Oh, yes, yes. He, for, just for the listeners, what happened was he fell out of a crow's nest of a boat and uh, landed on the deck and pretty much broke every bone in his body. And an evil spiritualist guy came into his hospital ward, prayed for him, and, and said, oh, I can pray for you. But it wasn't to Jesus. It was a spiritualist sort of using the evil spirits to heal him. And it basically caught him in a trap where these evil spirits healed all his bones and took the pain away. But then he would, they would come back, all the Ill, illness would come back. So he'd go to those spirits to get the pain away. And he was in this perpetual trap. But then he found out about Jesus. And uh, remind me what happened when Peter walked into the Bible study or the church when he, when he was just about to get saved or when he just got saved. Yeah, he, he, he went to this Church of Scotland minister who really knew about healing, but healing in Jesus' name. Yeah. And um, he said, right, you know, you've got to come to, to us and, you know, we'll pray for you uh, because this what you've got inside you is not of God. It's evil and spirits, basically. It's evil yes, spirits. Yeah. And when he went in and started praying, he could see these, what was it, toads or frogs, Mm. Sort of like as it were leaping from him. Yeah, leaping out of his wrists leaping and hands. Out yeah. everywhere, you know? Yeah. And um, that was him delivered, really, from yeah. that yeah. evil that was in him. And well, what a way to get saved, you know? You, I know. You're operating in the wrong spirit realm, and then you see all these demons leaving you like frogs and toads, you know? Well, again, that's a confirmation to him. This wasn't right. Yeah. And then yeah. he had spent a lot of his life going around telling others who were being healed in the wrong yeah. way, you know, what? He really you know. reminds me, I don't know if you've seen the cartoon Prince of Egypt, and yes. you've got these two guys that are like the, the evil sorcerers of Ra, you know, and um, in, in the plagues that come, basically they worship all these different gods that manifest through flies, through frogs, through boils, through That's all these right. different things. And yes. so when Moses comes there and, and their God, Yahweh, 
basically sends a plague of frogs, sends a plague of gnats. It's showing them that your yeah. God is nothing and our God is in control of all of these things. Yes. And, you know, and when, when Peter said to me and told me about all these frogs jumping out of him, these toads and frogs jumping out of him, it really made me think, well, that is almost like these magicians of Ra, they're operating in these other things and they are in you. You know what I mean? They're possessing you and they were exercised and kicked out of him in the name of Jesus. Um, mm. But I just, yeah, it just really remo- reminded me of those, you know, it's like, that's really what's behind it all, isn't it? Yes. And I think throughout all this, Steve, your listeners have got to realise that there's more than yeah. what they think the normal Christian life is. Yeah. Because we are in a battle at all times. Mm. That's what we're told, you know, that's why we've got to put on the full armour of God, because yeah. we're in a battle. Yeah. Yeah, even even like last year during lockdown, I was I was reading in my Bible about witchcraft, and I felt the Lord was saying you need to pray against witchcraft. And I came in and I opened the d- the door for the bottom of church, unlocked it on our front door, came in. There was nothing by the door. And then Hannah, my wife, came half an hour after me after driving down, and um, someone after I'd gone in the church building had put a row of feathers and mice skulls and different things all in a geometric line all around our church door mm-hmm. and um, she just cleaned them up threw them in the bin and then she came in and told me I was like oh well that's you know that's almost you know flattering that the enemy thinks he can do something against us and come out against us but we just we yeah. just prayed against witchcraft and, and God had already told me so it goes to show these things you know in the supernatural everyday normal Christian life mm-hmm. You know, it is a battle. You have got evil spirits, you know, coming against you. But the blood of Jesus just reverses every curse. Yes. And I'd I'd love, I'd love to do. I think one of the upcoming podcasts, I'd really like to do it on deliverance and tell some stories of people being delivered of evil spirits. Because Jesus said, "Go preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and cast out demons." That's preaching the gospel is a demonstration of the kingdom mm-hmm. you know and i think this 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 is where the church now is moving into this now more than ever yes they're realizing like actually it's so much easier to just show a demonstration of heaven on earth and you know like for you you know being exposed to the spirit realm you can't mm-hmm. unsee it you can't go back you can't no, just put no. a lid on it you know no. it's there and it's screaming out like god is spirit and i need to lean into this to mm-hmm. really live a full christian life yeah. Anything else you want to add before we, we before we go? I just got brought back to mind um, when I was again as a teenager, and my best friend's sister and her friend, um, they went to this uh, hall where uh, uh, um, not a, what do you call it, a spiritualist yeah. was was um, there, and they sat at the back and they just prayed. I mean, they were only about sixteen. But they just knew that this was wrong. Mm. And the guy got up to start speaking and he stopped and he said, I can't go on any further. And he came right down the hall, right to these two and said, you two, you know, what are you doing here? You're praying, get out. I can't go on if you're there. And he kicked them out. Wow. And to them, that was powerful as well because the spirit realm knew that they were there in the name of Jesus, well, and he couldn't—he couldn't move. He couldn't do anything until well, they had gone. I mean, they were only sixteen. Isn't it? Isn't it amazing how many of these sort of testimonies come out when you're a teenager? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, and it can take a few years sometimes to work out what's what's going on or reflect on it. 
but I think there, there's such an openness when you're young, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I love how God, God always gives us an opportunity to find Him, even mm-hmm. in the, even in the crazy stuff. Yeah, man, for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh well, thank you very much. I'm sure we'll chat again. That was that was that was really good, and um, we'll see you again on the next Encounter Show. Yep, no problem. All the best. God bless you and your listeners. Cheers. <laughs>